What's up, everyone? This is Seven Octobers here. I'm here with my co-host, Melly. What up, everyone? And uh, we're here with another episode of The Heartful Truth. Uh, this is season three, episode three, right? Yes. Uh, and today we have another dope guest. Um, we met him through Again to the Platform Collection team. Um, he's a professor, a rapper, poet, published author, uh, a little bit of everything, pretty much. So <laughs> um, his, he goes by Adam... Ital, and if not, he can correct me when he gets <laughs> on here. Uh, but um, yeah, he's a really dope dude. We wanted to have him on to talk about uh, this topic will be about being an educator and uh, being a creative and how those two worlds collide and how he kind of teaches um, his students from there. So let me bring him on the screen here. Hey, Adam, how's it going? How y'all doing? Good. Good. Thank good, you for good. being here. Oh, thank you for having me. Yeah. And you're actually the first guest, maybe, I think, on the podcast to be outside, right? I think. Is yes. it the first one? Oh, yeah. 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 It is, yeah. <laughs> so it's good. Different it's vibe. Nice. <laughs> yeah. We're out here in the IE. Um, yeah. So thank you for coming on today. Yeah. Um, I'm going to pass it on to my co-host to get the conversation going. All right. So to get the conversation started, um, can you tell us a little bit of um, how was your childhood or your upbringing? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> it gets deep real quick. <laughs> it gets deep real quick, yeah. Uh, my childhood upbringing is something that informs my art a lot and like I guess my my career choices too like um I'm like a fourth generation third or fourth generation um Chicano in San Bernardino like my family has wow. been there for several generations um uh, San Bernardino California and uh I'm from the first generation that was going to college okay. um because my parents were both very like you're going to college, like from the jump, you know? Um, and I was like in the gate program and like in those honors courses in high school, I was in uh, the IB program. So I was like uh, making friends with people that weren't really in my neighborhood mm -hmm. and like, and from all different cultures. Like my best friend is Vietnamese American. And uh, like we, I, they influenced me a lot in, in a positive way yeah. yeah um you know because i was always competing with them in school and oh like my. like my best <laughs> yeah. friend's so smart he's a doctor oh wow and That's i always cool. just like i looked up to him all the time yeah. and so yeah. i just wanted to do as good as I, as well as i could um and so like the idea of going to school after high school like at the and that's a whole different conversation <laughs> of how i feel about that but <laughs> It just it it just felt like the natural step, yeah. you know, like this is what you do after. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to make my family proud. And um, so aside from the academic stuff, uh, I grew up around a lot of my cousins. You know, mm -hmm. those were really my friends for a good chunk of my childhood. Yeah. It wasn't really until like high school that I had like a crew that I would that we would do stuff on the weekends and stuff like that. You know, yeah. mostly it was yeah. like going to family members sleepovers yeah. all that type of stuff uh, like my parents both have like eight siblings each oh wow so a lot of cousins yeah. you know a lot of cousins and uh you know there was also in the nuclear family there was a lot of uh a lot of chaos at home a lot of a lot of uh trauma a lot of uh, domestic abuse mm -hmm. like primarily like verbal Mm -hmm. uh but that definitely has shaped who i've become mm -hmm. as an adult yeah. uh, 
do you have like siblings or i have a half brother he's six years older than me okay. he's actually shouts out pac lolo <laughs> he's he's the man that uh kind of kind of made me want to rap like because he yeah. was doing it when i was like in I, I started doing my own raps when i was like 11 right okay. and he was doing it more professionally by the time i was like uh like eighth grade freshman mm -hmm. in high school and like he was he was doing it and like you would have demo tapes and stuff and i was like whoa like he's <laughs> he's got demo tapes that he's putting out there i'm just like writing raps like i don't yeah. even know how to record properly yet like so he's the one that really inspired me to like actually make it yeah. a, a, a goal to to make music and put it out and do shows and stuff like that yeah that's really cool. cool shout out to him yeah shout yeah. out to him and uh talking about your upbringing how did it impact um like what you do now like as far as you talked about a little bit of, you know going after uh high school to college and stuff like that like how do you think growing up in your household like uh plays a part in how you are now yeah uh my parents it, it was like many people <laughs> in generations of mine and after there's and maybe even my parents generations and <laughs> there's a lot of contradictions right yeah. you see your parents preaching one thing to you and then doing some other can we cuss yeah, yeah. <laughs> doing <laughs> some whole other shit that, you know what I mean and it's like so I grew up in like a Christian home um, not like hyper Christian but yeah. like the idea of a Christian God was definitely ingrained in yeah. me and we would go to church um, like a Christian predominantly white church and um, like most of my other family was Catholic, like mm. the extended family. Mm -hmm. um, and so, my, but at, like, so there was that, right? But then there was all of the the foul stuff that they each did just as, you know, as humans. Mm -hmm. I see that now as an adult, you know, before yeah. I spent a lot of time being resentful at each of them for the things they did. Mm -hmm. But as I got older and made my own mistakes, yeah. like I'm learning to accept that parents are humans mm -hmm. and they make mistakes yeah and so like they were very strict with me in the sense of like like i grew up in the radio mm -hmm. um but like i guess I, you could say i was sheltered okay. you know they didn't really let me go beyond the block mm -hmm. um i wasn't allowed to listen to to explicit content music mm -hmm. like well they would let me go to walmart and kmart <laughs> and buy the edited versions right but like <laughs> i couldn't yeah. listen to the parental advisory versions i couldn't watch yeah. certain things um and i used to be very upset about that because you go to school mm -hmm. and everyone's listening to it and watching it and like yeah. i feel like popular culture is is the way a lot of uh generations from like the 80s and 90s and forward mm -hmm. like you build bonds through that right like That's the true. things you're into and yeah. it's like if you mm -hmm. can't engage with that then it makes it a little difficult yeah so part of me was a little like jealous of friends and cousins and like kind of like just like very uh, yeah. to my uh, towards my parents um but i think i don't know like thinking more like if i become a parent mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't think i definitely wouldn't be that like yeah. rigid mm -hmm. but i think there's something to the the idea that like maybe i wasn't ready to hear yeah. certain engage with certain mm -hmm. content at a certain time mm -hmm. um and so i guess i kind of that kind of informs like as far as teaching um i teach english okay and like when people think english i think think like literature and stuff mm -hmm. right but 
I teach at community college and mostly the kind of courses I teach are like composition. So I'm teaching people cool. how to write, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And so with that, it like, I'm always looking for articles to, or videos to show as examples of like, this is how to write mm-hmm. a good blah, blah, blah. But with that, I want the content to be engaging for people. And I want to expose people to new ideas. But I also have to keep in mind those things of like, mm-hmm. um, like not so much the maturity of, of the scholars in the class of like, mm-hmm. oh, you're not ready to engage with this, yeah. but just like being mindful, like if I'm going to bring an article in about like abortion or something, like having mm-hmm. trigger warnings and yeah. things like that. Um, and as far as like being a creative, it like the way I grew up really the trauma was was uh i don't i don't even know i wouldn't say healed Mm -hmm. through art but it was processed through art Mm -hmm. like the whole reason i started rapping is because i lived in a one-bedroom apartment with my parents and when they would argue i could either leave the house but remember i was pretty sheltered so at a certain point that sheltered like habit it became habit for me so they wouldn't even have to say like oh don't leave the house or don't go too far i would just be too afraid to Mm -hmm. and so it's like they're here arguing and then what do i do i i would go to the the bathroom with my little boom box Mm -hmm. and i would loop parts of songs on tape and then i would rap over that and that was like my escape and so that just turned into like mixed that with my love for like the written word Mm-hmm. it became something yeah. bigger you know it became something that i want to do this because i want to share my story and it makes me feel good and all that kind of thing and i think now that you bring this question up mm-hmm. like the idea of being a professor like i feel like school was also an escape for me that's true because you kind of get a break yeah. from your parents yeah uh-huh. school was <laughs> school was an escape for me you're like yeah right now it's like you're just i was like a therapy session that's kind of like the next question too like what made you become a professor and that kind of led to that because it's kind of probably because you like it was like you said it was your escape yeah so maybe kind of somehow you wanted to be that for somebody else maybe Uh yeah yeah the 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 like it was an escape like during Mm -hmm. the time right like in elementary through high school but then i think that's another reason i really wanted to go to college because i wanted to get out of that environment and like so i like lived in the dorm and stuff like that um and then like i think i always wanted to teach but i kind of thought it was going to happen later like my whole like by the time i graduated from undergrad my whole thing was like oh i'm gonna rap i'm gonna make that my career and then i'm gonna freak that into a professorship like 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 I looked at Ninth Wonder. Once I saw Ninth Wonder being a producer and then becoming a professor. Oh no no it's okay. No, no. Okay good good. Um. Yeah once I saw Ninth Wonder doing that. Yeah. That was the first time I was like oh you could actually do that kind of thing. There is a connection between hip hop and education, and. So that was, I wanted to go that route. Like, yeah. I wanted to be a professor later in life. And I wanted to be asked by a college, like, oh, that rapper, mm-hmm. he also is, like, 
into school like yeah but you know but hey it still worked out somewhere it works out the way yeah (laughs) yeah 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 uh and how would you say um like how would your students describe you i don't know if they've ever told you how they Mm -hmm. feel oh okay so you heard (laughs) have you heard of rate my professor yes i don't look at that (laughs) i used to look at it so so i started teaching in 2016 Mm -hmm. and i was an adjunct professor which for those who don't know necessarily what that is, it's basically a part-time professor. And so like a lot of cats, they call us uh, freeway flyers because you're you're part-time at like all different schools and you're just like, you go to campus, you teach the class, then you got to get in your car and get to the next place. And so uh, I did that for three years. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, you know, I was fortunate enough to find a full-time position. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so once I became full-time, I, I stopped looking at that because I was like, if this is going to be my life career, yeah. I can't let that. I can't. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So, I mean, I still do hear from my students. Mm-hmm. And I mean, obviously, a lot of them think I'm younger than I am because I look younger <laughs> than I am. Uh, and so with that comes this idea of me that like. I'm like, I guess, in tune with what they're into mm-hmm. like pop cultural yeah. pop culturally which i am for the most part and i think part of that is informed just by me outside of the classroom being a, an mc and like i i'm just a fan of rap first i'm a fan of music and pop culture first and so i'm always keeping up with the newest stuff or mm-hmm. i try to it gets yeah. harder and harder <laughs> but i try to and so i think my students would say that i'm like empathetic and patient in the classroom at least and then you probably make it interesting because you said that you kind of try to like since composition you kind of try to like make it like i guess fun in a way too because you know how sometimes they'll force you to write something that you not really interested in or whatever the case is at least when i was going to college yeah it's like Mm -hmm. they put a topic and you're like "Mm, not really interested but then if it's a topic that you like it you'll be writing for days yeah if you liked it yeah I try. <laughs> yeah, that's cool though. Yes. Um, and what is your te- teaching style, and how do you, um, how do you like perfect it mm. or polish it? So, I think my teaching style is, I d- I, I try to be as improvisational as I can, mm-hmm. and I think I get that from being Improv- a performer. <laughs> yeah. 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 Even though I'm terrible at freestyling, <laughs> um, but just I feel like being a performer for a decade plus like it really informed my teaching because I didn't really um I didn't really take classes on teaching I all my class all of my uh training was like in you know literature and analysis and how to write and stuff like that I took like maybe one or two classes on like rhetoric of teaching and how to do pedagogy and Mm -hmm. stuff like that and then I got some like I got some opportunities to do like volunteer poetry workshops and I taught at the writing center at my grad school. And so those were the spaces that I really got like some hands on um, experience. Mm -hmm. And and those were those were the experiences that gave me confidence to say, like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like doing this and I can do this. Mm -hmm. And um, so I like to do a lot of what's called scaffolding, which is like if you think of scaffolding like when you're building a house and you have the the little scaffolds mm-hmm. that and then you build up from like the previous foundation yeah like i um i just like to be very supportive in that way and be open to like uh adapting mm-hmm. to the needs of the class 
you know? Yeah. And I think that took a couple years for me to, to figure out that that's what's needed, at least in my mind, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, Because I think when I was just going in, I had never been to community college. Mm -hmm. I didn't even know community colleges was an opportunity that I could have done in high school. And that's, that's bullshit. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) I hope it's different now. I think it is. But when I was in high school, it was like four-year university, four-year yeah. like like they looked yeah. down on the community. Yeah, college. yeah. I went to community college, and I felt like I I was the one that like I would see my friends going to universities. And I was like I felt bad. Yeah. But I'm like I actually enjoyed going to community college. It was a different like I guess no one really talks about it, so it was a different like hidden kind of. Yeah. But I I feel like I enjoyed the time instead like of going to like a four-year university. For yes. At least for myself. No, I. I wish I would have went to a community college, save money. Mm-hmm. And yeah. honestly, in same in my experience, yeah. like the opportunity I have to build with individual students in mm-hmm. the classroom at a community college is way different yes. than the experience I had as a student at a four year. I didn't even meet most of my professors. That's true. And that's mm-hmm. not a knock at like yeah. if you're going to a four yeah. year right now, like but I, but it's just like, mm-hmm. you know, it's a different pace. It's a different pace. And, mm-hmm. and so I didn't understand that. I thought you graduated from high school. You should you should be prepared to to do the assignments that I provide you. But that's not the case. And so it helped me build my empathy mm-hmm. and it helped me. Yeah. Like before the semester starts, I always have, you know, my course schedule. This is what we're going to mm-hmm. do this week and all the way through the 18 weeks or however long but as i go i have different assignments kind of ready you know Mm -hmm. and and i'm and now i can say okay we need to pause on that and then let's Mm -hmm. let's go back to this concept and let's work on it for an extra week you know um so i don't know if that answered your question (laughs) yeah and i building on the the thing about like you know community college versus like four year because i was opposite i went to four year Mm -hmm. but at the same time sometimes i do wish that i had it hadn't gotten like a bad you know connotation on the community yes because uh, i had a friend who had a full ride i did and i well i had like financial aid but then the latter part of the year i had to pay uh the last year um but for her it's like she ended up like not even going or i think she went for like a maybe one semester and mm-hmm. then she quit because she didn't feel she felt so much pressure like i don't even know what my major is gonna be mm. and i think like in that formative years between high school and college mm-hmm. like you're still trying to figure out what you want to mm-hmm. do there's no way you're yeah. gonna know like oh, yeah. i want to do this because you'll go into that major you're like that's not what i was looking yeah. for like and so community college you. allows you to kind of see like yeah. what you want to mm-hmm. do like you can take little classes here and yeah. there you know yeah mm-hmm. even for me when i graduated from <laughs> I went to UC Riverside. When I graduated, I knew I had a degree in English, but I still didn't know what I was going to do. I was like, okay. I'm the same way. I I graduated in criminal justice, and I did that for like maybe five years, and I'm not Uh even doing that anymore. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it doesn't really matter anymore. Yeah. And so it becomes a balance for an educator Mm -hmm. to like kind of drop those jewels on students without, without them thinking like, well, why the fuck am I even doing this? Like why, you know, like it's a delicate <laughs> yeah. balance of like, but I do like, like I wish someone would have told me these mm-hmm. things, you know, yeah. but at the same time, like, I don't know if you're a first gen college. Yes, I was. And she she was, was, sec- and I was second. second. And so it's like, yeah, like if you don't have people yeah. that can tell you that. Yeah. And like you said, you're talking about your parents though, like how they were like practice what yeah. you preach type of thing or like yeah. staying to mm-hmm. do one thing and they do another. Like for my parents, it was kind of like, 
you gotta go to college but then i was like well you guys didn't go to college <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but it like was weird because when you went to college my parents would be like oh she went to four years so you have to kind of oh, do yeah. it and i like felt bad because i didn't go that way I'm right like, right yeah. yeah and i think i'm obviously for pushing yeah, us course, and like always like that's one thing like my dad has instilled in all of us is like higher education yes uh, but the only thing is they don't understand sometimes is one thing i actually learned from hip-hop is like there's education versus knowledge there's two yep. two separate mm-hmm. things so yep. one either going yeah. to school but then you can also gain knowledge from other sources mm-hmm. you yep. don't necessarily have to go to yeah. school right so yep. that's the thing i think is like if you if we had known all those things it would have been helpful yeah. how we navigated afterwards but um my next question actually for you being a creative uh like we mentioned you do a little bit of everything like rapper uh, writer um do you think I like always asking this question because I even think about it myself like do you feel like creativity is something that everybody's born with or do you feel can be like taught if not everybody has it (laughs) that's a deep one right there (laughs) I the way I look at life is that like I kind of look at it like an RPG video game (laughs) like yeah we all have uh we all have skills that we're naturally just we naturally excel at Mm -hmm. and then those other skills we could we can practice them and learn and get better at them Mm -hmm. but we might not ever excel in the same way that someone that has the natural ability for it is and so with creativity and i i have this conversation with my engineer cash only shout out to cash only and and my wife all the time because they both went to school for music and and like i've seen a lot of um their peers and the way that some of their peers act like oh i have a degree in music (laughs) therefore i'm better musician than anyone that does not and that's kept yeah (laughs) you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and so i feel like like if we're talking about creative writing because that's again i i'm trained in that Mm -hmm. and i and i can i can teach that and in my experience like when i teach creative writing poetry classes in my experience like the there are students that are gifted naturally in writing poetry and i barely i feel like i'm barely teaching them anything (laughs) i'm just like giving them prompts to help them you know what i mean and so in that sense like and, and and then my hope is that those that are just interested in the idea of creative writing that that they do now have some skills mm-hmm. to uh to just do it to simply yeah. do it you know yeah. sometimes that's that's enough for people that's true yeah that's cool and what would you say inspires you about this generation of kids currently their openness mm-hmm. their openness to everything really yeah. um especially the climate that we're in mm-hmm. you know with with everything with race gender yeah. class they're very open to recognizing they're just they, they just get it more like the institutions that are here mm-hmm. the it's like i feel like m- maybe the generation like millennials mm-hmm they had an inkling like wait there's something wrong here yeah Yeah. and then like but now the next generation is more like yeah there's something wrong here let's come up with some solutions Mm -hmm. like i see that more yeah Yeah. there's like there 
they're more solution and they question more too right because yeah. i have like a niece and nephew and like you you see them i would not question my parents sometimes i would just keep quiet and now <laughs> they question everything i'm like well that's crazy <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> yeah and like even deeper thinkers yeah. the other day like i won't say too much because it's like personal for my twin sister but um he asked me like some deep question because his parents are not together and i was like damn like he's only like 10 years old uh-huh. but still mm-hmm. like the fact that he's thinking about these things like yeah. how it affects him and i was like wow like i wasn't even dealing mm-hmm. with none of that shit yeah like, you know? like it was like wow it kind of even made me want to cry because i was like damn like he's like thinking like an adult almost mm-hmm. like i want him to like enjoy his childhood you know mm-hmm. but i was like damn um and it kind of takes me to the next question though like roles and ethics of like um like, what role do you think, like, ethics and morals play in this generation? Because, you know, like, where we come from, it was kind of like Millie said, like, uh, listening to everything your parents said, kind of following the norm and not really, like, questioning it. But once you were an mm-hmm. adult, kind of. Mm-hmm. Like, this new generation, I feel like they're more, um, they're do- doing their own research because they have anything, everything so accessible now, like yeah. Google, all this stuff. Um, so for you, what, what, what do you think that plays, like, the morals and ethics for this generation? Oh, that's a huge question. I know. And it automatically <laughs> took me to the idea of pl- of plagiarism. Yeah. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> yeah, let's get into that. And yeah. like and like a like chat GPT oh, or yeah. whatever it's called, I like AI. That. Like there's a lot of older cats in my in my department that are mm-hmm. like like there was like a, an email that like like a like a mass email yeah. of, of a professor that was like very worried about it. Like we're going to be obsolete. Like they're just going to write all their essays through this, da, da, da. But like. I just, I don't know. Like, I feel like if someone really wants to learn something, they're going to do it. And mm-hmm. if they're, like, and I'm just using this as the example, right? Yeah. Like the the the, uh, the AI for writing essays. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. if I don't catch it and you did that and your goal isn't really to become, yeah. like, a writer or anything, yeah. hey, <laughs> like... I just yeah. want like my goal in the classroom is not necessarily to be authoritarian uh, like I don't want to be yeah. an authority mm-hmm. in that way mm-hmm. I want to help you get to your goal and if you're like a stem student my class is just a general ed course for you like yeah. I'm not trying to hold I'm not trying to put extra obstacles for you yeah. you know what That's I mean true. so like like you said I feel like they like this generation has knowledge of how to get knowledge mm-hmm. i also i also it's feel also a downside right yeah i also <laughs> feel like it's a downside i feel like they take yeah. it for granted That's sometimes true. and they don't mm-hmm. they don't do the the background work mm-hmm. to learn about like the past or history yeah. of like whatever they're into so that's that i think there's a then that becomes something else like is there a moral obligation for the generation before them mm-hmm. to show them about like let's take hip-hop for example mm-hmm. you know hip-hop i feel like it's always like the previous generation is always pissed off because the the current generation is not giving them their flowers mm-hmm. <laughs> and then they then you get called the old head <laughs> but then the generation saying that you're an old head like you don't realize that in 10 years you're the old head mm-hmm. like so then there's the the moral ethics of like yeah of that like legacy and tradition which is knowledge Mm -hmm. like how do we i think this is a great combo (laughs) because because now i'm thinking about like college right like yeah you don't like like you said you don't have to go to college to get knowledge Mm -hmm. but i think college works for some people because it's like a it's an easy way right like or or like it's a structured way i should say it's a 
side topic a little bit reminded me of like the military uh-huh. how some people choose that route because it's a little bit more structured yeah and it'll get you where some people want to be i guess yes use the money or something yeah and th- and i think the yeah. problem becomes when when people get so invested in those identities mm-hmm. and and it becomes an elitist thing or a nationalist yeah. thing mm-hmm. or a anti-intellectual thing right mm-hmm. like there's people and it, and then like I always bring up the idea of like Kanye, a college dropout, yeah. or like Tyler, or there's this mythology in hip hop that like kind of like fuck school. And on one hand, I get it because it's like school at the end of the day that the American education system is an institution of yeah. white supremacy mm-hmm. and it doesn't afford a lot of BIPOC people and people from like the LGBTQI mm-hmm. plus community to, to thrive. Yeah. Or like it's not centered. The knowledge that they're giving is not about that. Yeah. But on the other hand, there is progress being made, uh-huh. and you can learn about those things now. Like if I'm being real, like I I, I know college isn't for everyone, yeah. and I don't and I don't preach that. Yeah. But for me, like I got hip to to like Latina literature and and pride in in being Chicano mm-hmm. at college. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, how could I ever knock the the True. space that enabled me to become more of who I am? Mm-hmm. You know, I know this is getting way <laughs> in a different direction, <laughs> but yeah, I feel like bringing it back to the ethics and yeah. morals. Yeah, I just feel like it comes down to like two things: like, is it like whatever the case may be? Mm-hmm. Are you being authentic in your intentions? Mm-hmm. And are you being kind and empathetic? I feel like that's, yeah. I feel like those are t- like the two morals that mm-hmm. I would like to see more people and myself included and in, like the current generation live by whatever it is. Like yeah. if you're posting something, mm-hmm. what is your intention with it? Yeah. Do you know why you're posting it? Do you know exactly what it is that the information that you're putting out there? Do you understand the potential ramifications mm-hmm. stuff like that yeah yeah and no, i agree and even mm-hmm. like me and medic talk about it a little bit sometimes like when we're out now like i feel like she's younger than me but i feel like older now because mm-hmm. like even the difference as far as like taking it back to morals and ethics like the way we were raised is like having manners and you know like saying excuse me or thank you or even right. etiquette yeah. like mm-hmm. nowadays let's t- talk about like email etiquette because now everything's oh like God. you know right <laughs> like stuff you just like triggered that me and right, then now. right right <laughs> like my pet peeve is no subject yeah <laughs> and no greeting or like ending oh, i was like man but it's just like talking about that stuff like damn that, that kind of like makes me like kind of like what you said about sometimes it is the generation before to kind of teach those yeah mm-hmm. and that's one thing that i kind of try to instill in my niece and nephew because i'm like mm-hmm. we're, we're also part of the problem yeah. and we're not saying something right mm-hmm. so that's one thing that i'm big on is like if you have no manners <laughs> etiquette like i yeah. can't i can't yo <laughs> i'm email etiquette with with my scholars in my classroom <laughs> the scholars in our classroom i should yeah. say like it's like they're texting, huh? Yes. <laughs> and it's like, I, I think, it, like, it's like, how do you kindly teach it, though? That's yeah. true. Because, like, you're saying, like, our generation, we didn't question it. That's we just, like, took it for granted. Like, this is just what you do. Mm-hmm. So it's like, how do we strike that balance of, like, telling the, the next generation, these are ways, these are the ethical <laughs> ways to live yeah. or moral ways, but then allowing them to be like, well, Why? And then having an actual response that's not like rooted in yeah. defensiveness, like just because. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. That's true. I like that. Yeah. I think that's one thing I used to struggle because I used to work at YMCA or 
prime time mm-hmm. and that's one thing like with my group i would tell them oh like you have to stand in the straight line blah blah and they'll be like why <laughs> and then i'll be like oh shit. Like, <laughs> like damn i'm like uh and I, like i said i want to be like because i told you to you know like yeah yeah it's kind like, of so it's not somebody's gonna step yeah. on you <laughs> <laughs> so you have to kind of find a way to kind of like i guess guide them and yeah way, but it's hard yeah and how would you say you inspire or motivate your students um just by talking to them by uh like we do very low stakes exercises like at least once a week Mm -hmm. uh journals and the journal prompts i always try to make it like as non-academic as Mm -hmm. possible like i have one called good news where it's just like tell me some good news that happened in your life it doesn't have to be your good news it could be someone you care about's Mm -hmm. good news or what's something you're looking forward to just getting to know them more and Mm -hmm. like getting to know like the like i guess making them comfortable to tell me the the bad things that are happening mm-hmm. or the things that they're struggling with so that i can like help motivate them yeah. through that or or bring in extra person power to to help motivate them to get them to the right clubs mm-hmm. or the right counselors and stuff like that that's cool um and what do you enjoy the most about teaching what do I enjoy the most about <laughs> teaching? <laughs> I think it's it's learning from from students like That's true. just learning life stuff like there's things that st- I I can only say this f- anecdotally but I feel like there's things that scholars in community college deal with mm-hmm. that a lot of students in four years that went straight to four years private or public mm-hmm. either don't have to deal with or they've had they've had enough support where like it's not as big an obstacle so like it like it just helps me be reflective and grateful like when i hear the stuff that they write about in their essays or in their journals mm-hmm. that they're dealing with and um it just makes me like proud when i see them like a semester or two two later and they're like hey i'm transferring to this place this place. or like hey can you write a letter of recommendation for me like hell yeah like i'm super proud of, of you yeah. like That's you cool. did what i def- i don't think i could do in <laughs> if i had to deal with as much mm-hmm. stuff yeah and what would you say is the toughest um part about being a teacher or educator I think it's like keeping keeping the empathy through the whole the whole year. It gets very tiring. Yeah. It, it gets like there's also that like um emotional fatigue too, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Cuz on the one hand, yes, you do want every single person in the classroom to be uh comfortable coming to you yeah. and, you know, saying whatever they they need to say. But then that 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 weighs on you if you're a truly empathetic person that that can weigh on you a lot so it's that and then there's i feel like there's also the the larger cultural issues in america of anti-intellectualism and anti anti-college really like again this like i'm not like a you need to go to college but there is a huge swath of people out there that want to say that colleges have all these agendas and Mm -hmm. 
they're brainwashing the kids to be liberals and all of this BS. And, I know. <laughs> and, and it trickles into the classroom because these young kids are like 19 and they're, you know, a lot of them still live with their parents mm-hmm. or they're still very tied to their parents' mindsets. Yeah. And so they'll bring these ideas in to the classroom. And for me, I mean, I recognize my privilege as a, as a, as a man, a male educator, and like some of the things I hear from uh, my 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 peers that are women mm-hmm. that they have to deal with from like young men is mm-hmm. it's wild yeah. and it's like yeah. it's and it's because of the parents. It's not necessarily because they believe it. They just haven't mm-hmm. questioned it. Yep. That's true. So that's the like how do you teach students how to research? how do you, it's hard for us <laughs> like what how do i know what's misinformation like it's hard to trust yeah. information these days and we built those skills mm-hmm. right but this generation they have it at their fingertips but they don't necessarily know how to decipher yeah research yeah. it yeah yeah research they the research see everything and they want to believe it yeah yeah um and how how is um like what's your opinion of like how education is changing because you talked about a little bit about you know like for the biopic um people mm-hmm. where it was kind of harder at least when i started uh, going into college i was like back in 07 or so mm-hmm. i know it was a little bit harder because you either had to rely on getting like a full ride financial aid and it was just a little bit more difficult yeah for, like those you know i guess considered kind of poor or middle class um how do you think that has changed not even just for that ge- like generation and that type of um you know uh like ethnicities but how do you think it overall has it changed i can't really speak to like the four-year you know because mm-hmm. I don't really, and I guess I should probably learn that a little more so I can help prepare the students here, what they can expect there. Yeah. Um, but I think the pandemic changed a lot for, That's true. I forget for, about um, for funding, mm-hmm. like, and again, like it's, it goes with this idea of like, is college even necessary? And then that, if that trickles up into f- places where it gets funded where there's funding for for people that are minoritized and they need the financial support mm-hmm. then we have a problem because if 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 the argument becomes valid in the minds of people that are in charge of these of the funding mm-hmm. then they might give less That's because yeah, they think well college like why are we going to pay for this when they can just take it online or they can go on like YouTube and do Khan Academy mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. Um, not saying that there's anything wrong with mm-hmm. taking that yeah. avenue, but I think it's just the, the idea of access and having the option, mm-hmm. still having that option. Um, so I think financially, on the other hand, you have like Bezos ex-wife giving so much money to community <laughs> colleges and that's amazing, Yeah. right? Mm-hmm. There are more opportunities for for minor minoritized groups, um, maybe from like public, uh, I mean private mm-hmm. uh, groups, you know. Mm-hmm. So there's definitely more opportunities than I think when we were yeah. like just starting in school. Um, and I guess we'll see where we're headed, you know. That's um, true. Like I could speak to my school; the numbers are down since the pandemic. Um, but the numbers kind of look like they're going back up. I think there's as, 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 as much as like having access on your own, Mm -hmm. 
there's still something special about having like an instructor yeah, I was gonna say yeah and the yeah. and the community yeah. of learners with you like I know from I don't know if you did you ever take online courses I, I tried like, once and I didn't like it. I didn't like it <laughs> I never <laughs> tried it and I can't I imagine that I would no, do well in any yeah because yeah. I was gonna say like there's yeah. no such thing as substituting because like you said you build a relationship with your professor mm-hmm. you're in community college of course mm-hmm. um or like you know like you just build that with their other students mm-hmm. like that yeah. you might have never like because virtual is like unless they force you like oh you got to get in a group mm-hmm. yeah and it's just not the same yeah yeah that's another thing i love about mm-hmm. teaching seeing seeing the connections mm-hmm. happening mm-hmm. in front of me mm-hmm. like that's that's dope because yeah. that's what you need right you need mm-hmm. that network yeah. it's not just like understanding the content it's not just going into the class it's building a network mm-hmm. and being like like feeling like you belong at mm-hmm. in that space and exactly. contributing to it. True. Yeah, I agree. And then a little bit on a side note, um, what is something you do for your mental health? Mm. I go to therapy. Okay. <laughs> That's a good one. How did how did that mm-hmm. c- come about though? Cuz I know like for me I'm kind of like a little bit on the not a def- the defense but um obviously it's good and mm-hmm. i should go mm-hmm. but i haven't you know gone that far yet like okay. what made you want to go do it and um i remember when my parents were like super going through it like in in middle school and like early high school mm-hmm. and they were like on the verge of divorce they like they asked me like how are you like do you want to go to therapy mm-hmm. i was like a freshman and i said no because i had no idea of like I just didn't know. I thought I was okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I was like, what is that? I don't know what that mm-hmm. is. And um, so I didn't really think about therapy again until I was about 27. Mm-hmm. And the thing that triggered it for me was when I graduated uh, from grad school, I had this monstrous, uh, like, mental breakdown. Like, mm-hmm. didn't sleep for a couple days straight. Like, all kinds of body things happening. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought I was dying kind of thing, you know? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that was like, I don't want to feel that mm-hmm. again. What do I need to do? And so um, the first time I got, like, my real adult job, I, I moved to L.A. and I was doing closed captioning. Mm-hmm. And they had they offered PPO insurance. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, let's see what's up with this therapy. So I started, that was <laughs> yeah. the first time. I think yeah. I was, like, 27, 28. And I went to therapy mm-hmm. for the first time. Then I quit that job so I could no longer go to therapy. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't um, like it wasn't the worst experience. I know some people are like, mm-hmm. I've tried therapy, but I don't like the therapists that mm-hmm. I've seen. Mm-hmm. Like the, my first therapist, she was she was cool. You know, like mm-hmm. it wasn't like super eye opening. Yeah. But j- I think it just like getting my feet wet into the idea of like mm-hmm. opening up to somebody. Yeah. Then uh, I was able to get Medicare for a while and so that therapist around like 29 30 that was i made some breakthroughs with her with her that's awesome and then like fortunately when i got my full-time gig i was able to get like insurance again yeah like like constant insurance Mm -hmm. and i've been seeing uh my therapist for the last like four years and yeah it was just each time i was able to like be more vulnerable i guess mm-hmm. and so i see my therapist at least once a month mm-hmm. i started when i started it was like every every other week mm-hmm. and then my second therapist 
it was at once a week mm-hmm. and then i started like feeling better mm. and so when i when i started feeling better with my third ther- therapist i kind of dialed it back but she also gave me tools for the the weeks that i don't see her yeah so i don't know if you've heard of um the like i think it's called the dbt deck no, no. it's um it's this deck of cards and it stands for dialectical behavior therapy mm. and it was created by like you know a licensed therapist and everything and it's cool it has like five different categories Mm -hmm. um with just little prompts like writing prompts little activities you can do and so it's supposed to help you with like interpersonal relationships uh um emotional regulation um i forget what the other three are but that that uh that deck it definitely helps me on, on the weeks where I don't have a, a anything booked mm-hmm. and I'm like really feeling yeah. just I would say one thing that I know I need to do that I don't is to work out more. Okay. Hey, at least you're aware. Yeah. You're yeah. self-aware. Yes, yeah. That's important. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um and how would you want um uh, your students to remember you by like anybody that's interacted with you either in the past or currently? Just hey, that fool listened to me. Like he didn't just see me like oh, a grade in class like he actually wants to know about me and and help me with my goals. And what is something your students have taught you during your teaching career? <laughs> so much. <laughs> Just to be resilient. Like like I said, perspective. Giving yeah. me major... When I'm tired, when my back hurts from sitting in front of the computer because I'm grading for hours. Like, dude, this this person in my class just came straight from class from working in a warehouse for like 12 hours like what do i have like yeah. they teach me to perspective take you know mm-hmm. yeah that's the only that's a cool mm-hmm. thing like i think when you're in an educator just in, in school whatever role you do mm-hmm. because like you said you're up to like what everything's going on in that generation mm-hmm. or just up to like what's going on because they know a lot of things like mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. um and before we get out of here i'll have Melly ask one question then i'll kind of close it off with the okay the um one. if your life was a movie or a book what would you title it Oh man, <laughs> that's a great question. <laughs> I would title it um, "Reckoning" because I feel like that's what that's what life is about. It's just with re- reckoning with yourself, mm-hmm. with your past, with mm-hmm. the obstacles you face, that's true. with the good parts of yourself, the bad parts yeah. of yourself. That's pretty dope. Um, and then the last question we kind of want to close it off with is uh, our podcast called The Heartful Truth. So like, we want to ask the, every guest, like, what is when you hear that phrase, the heartful truth, what comes to mind or what does it mean to you? It sounds like a play on the hurtful truth and truth hurts. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> and I love that because it's real. Um, so it just it reminds me of like just raw honesty with the intention of of getting to authenticity mm-hmm. i love that cool. i love that yeah mm-hmm. and we want to thank you again for yeah, you know, thank you so thank much thank you both for having me yeah no thank you for taking the time like keep doing what you're doing because yes. what you're doing is like mm-hmm. it's one of those i know i always say like man i wish teachers got paid more or professors or whatever me too. <laughs> yeah. because you guys are like shaping people's yeah. minds mm-hmm. even if it's like something simple even pe teachers you know yeah. like, it doesn't That's matter because you're with these kids mm-hmm. more than their parents mm-hmm. yeah. you're shaping young minds uh or older minds too because it's never too oh, late to go adults. to school yeah. hell yeah <laughs> um so thank 
you for doing what you're doing mm-hmm. and keep thank doing you. it. Thank you. Um, and yeah, we want to thank everybody who's tuned into this mm-hmm. episode. Um, follow Adam. We have his IG on here. We'll put it in the description too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But if you haven't already, subscribe to our YouTube channel here at Platform Collection. Shout out to the team. Um, and yeah, you tuned into the Heartful Truth. Thank you guys. Thank you. Peace. Peace.